0: Welcome to Critical Ditto, the Pokémon roleplay podcast that loves you as much as you love it. So, put put it in and and you'll get it out. My name's Stuart. I'm running. <laughs> you started that
1: went so well
0: until you said what you said. I I think it made total sense. I think the listener understands. Whatever you put in, you I'm also putting, get
1: out. I'm putting in time and I'm getting out.
2: You put in time and you just get the herb time out the other side. It's, just, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a homonym vending machine. <laughs>
0: I'm running the game, my name's Stuart, and I have just got some new ink, got a new tat, on my left forearm, and it looks pretty pretty good,
1: Ali, I want you to check it out, what do you think? That, Stu, is a lovely tattoo. It's almost as nice as the tramp stamp in the shape of Kenny Mullet that I've, I'm currently rocking. If you peer a little closer at that tramp stamp, you'll see uh, an empathetic yet haunted young man from over Town on a quest to find. He's really small. He'll, Why he'll is he find in there? Out What's going on? <laughs> he's on a quest to find out some stuff about himself, and he's got some Pokemon on his team. And that's
2: um, where he's going to find it, is that's it.
1: That's right in my tramp stamp. Yeah. Okay. He's looking. All
2: right. Ah, right. oh, David, help. I'm drowning. Save <laughs> do something now. Stew may be nuzzling Ally's tramp stamp as we speak, but I over here am attempting to flex my left arm sleeve of combis and Latin texts. That is Theo, a sardonic former priest of the Church of Slowking and/or Slaslow, depending on which episode. Only for me, everybody else knows. And uh, on Theo's team there is a Medicham, a Swadloon, a Kabuto. A barbarical and Jason the combi. And when I'm not messing up the naming order of my Pokemon, I am otherwise enraptured by the various inks on uh, the lovely Tom Dale's body. Tom, can you take me through a couple of the a couple of the top ten?
1: Well, as you know, I do have multiple new inks, David. But the most the, the new ink I'm most proud of is the new ink from my homemade printing press, on which I have written my character out. I'll print her now. <laughs> The printout is of my character of one, Mrs. S, a compass point in the Church of Slaslow. On my team is a Geodude and also a very bashful Sirskit.
2: Is there now? <laughs> Could you give Mrs. S any, anything that's maybe evolved for this fight with <laughs> a Mulchest?
1: A suicoon. <laughs>
2: But it's, but it's a support, sweet-coon. It's a definitely support, not. sweet coon. It's definitely
1: not combat. <laughs> <It laughs> like a Smash something. Brothers Pokeball. I don't think the listeners can tell that we have very few tattoos between the four of us. Well, hold on, Ali. I haven't told you about my tramp stamp. It's a tramp stamp of memories. Let's find out what happened last time. Previously on Critical Ditto. <laughs> have fun with that one. Wee hee 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 is meh. Have fun with that one. one. Have
2: fun with that one. Have fun with that one. <Guitarara> have ah, nhi- fun with that one. Have fun with that one.
0: Kenny and Theo, you're still travelling solo, which you seem to travel through time and space, where you do experience moments from your life and not particularly pleasant ones. What is something that, Kenny, you hadn't clocked was a seminal moment of suffering? It's actually to do with Kenny's eldest sister. Clarissa. The first inklings of him considering himself to be a monster. How dare you, say my son is weird. Get out of my house! I will get out. Dora, she needs, to be safe. Theo, this is the scene we see to your
2: side, an adult, Samantha. She is watching the scene and she just seems trapped, she seems frozen. I'm sorry that I felt so much pain and so much sadness and so much worthlessness that the only way I knew how to deal with it was to make you feel all of those things.
0: The three of you find yourself stood. As you look around, you realise you're now inside a flaming tree. There is another statue, and it's another statue of gratuitous candle. And within his hand is the third tone. You
3: started a conflict. Where? A conflict that ruined so many lives. My last punch missed. This one won't.
0: And he roars as the flames take into his arm, until the flames explode, and you look up at this flaming bird, the wings, the body, everything a flame. It's a Moltres.
3: Prepare to be incinerated.
0: Flames leap and dance around the cavernous interior of the Everburn tree. Like an enormous coastal redwood, the Everburn tree's vast circumference houses the liminal space in which Kenny, Theo, and Mrs. S, aka Samantha, find themselves locked in mortal combat with the phoenix-like Moltres form of Gratuitous Candle, an ancient Formian poker-powered shaman. Vast flaming wings beat fiery waves of speeding air as the molten Moltres keeps itself aloft, Knotted roots and gnarled protrusions from the external tree are caught in this fiery arena, crackling and exploding periodically, spraying bark shrapnel into the already hazardous fiery gusts emanating from Gratuitous's Moltres form. A mythical phoenix made manifest, he shines like the Pokémon sun itself. The air shimmers with a constant heat mirage, warping the forms of our heroes as they look to each other, anticipating Gratuitous's next vicious assault. Foolish boy, Gratuitous bellows.
3: And you, lowly scholar, the baffling hubris to think that you are worthy of the King's rock astonishes me. None of you know anything of its power, of the danger it threatens... If you knew what the King's Rock had done to this region, you would understand why stopping you here is essential.
0: Gratuitous dives toward the floor of the chamber, Moltres' claws digging deep into the bedrock beneath the tree itself. The earth moans as Gratuitous tears through root flame and dirt and hurls rocks into the air before launching them into the fiery tempest of his own creation. Using ancient power, The room is awash with lethal flaming debris. What do you do? So Gratuitous is using ancient power on both of you. Ahem. Ah, I mean, I (laughs) guess you can use it on you too, Mrs. S. Do you have stats? Do you can roll? Do you have a sheet? Did you prepare any of this before time? No. Well, then you can't cough.
1: But I printed out my stats on the printing press, and that was a fictional improv.
0: It's still printing though, isn't it? How long did that take? So action economy-wise, who's out for you, Kenny?
1: I need to choose. Yeah, I actually think Kenny, after scooping up the poor bedraggled hoops, runs over to Theo. Theo, what are we going to do? I need some tactical advice here. I'm freaking out a little bit. You know, my team, I think we need to work together somehow. We need to out-tactic this thing. I'll do whatever you tell me to do, (laughs) literally.
2: I think Theo takes a second because that speech from gratuitous chant Gratuitous Candle, not Gratuitous Chandler. Could I be any more of a (laughs) maltrous? Pop culture jokes about the early noughties. (laughs) Really sticking to our brand. So I think that Theo probably takes a second because that speech from Gratuitous Candle is quite a lot for Theo to take. Like this is the first time probably that Theo is aware... Of just how close they are to the answers to the King's Rock. So I think Theo takes a moment to clock into the fact that there's still like physical actions that need to take place. Ancient rocks flying at us. We need to decide quick. Well, Theo is at a loss as to why this lovely, innocent boy did not bring a Gyarados to this particular fight. Really brought a bouquet to a gunfight in this situation.
1: You know what, David? I am sorry for not expecting to fight a Moltres in this prison. I
2: do <laughs> apologise for that. Theo says Spiritomb's better than being made of grass and a firestorm, so Kenny, I'm gonna be honest, I think that's probably your best course of action here. You ready?
1: Alright. Kenny throws out Swirly, the Spiritomb. Theo, just to say, Mrs. S here, I think surrender is also an option. Based on that young boy's team and your Kabuto being the MVP currently, and not looking in brilliant shape, maybe we should Take that as an option. So give up in this nowhere land forever. I think that might be better than burning in an eternal fire. I don't know, an existential question. I'll ponder in the corner over here while you get on with the, the fighting aspect. Samantha starts playing a very ominous tune on the trombone. I'm
0: going to take this moment to remind everyone that the flying rocks of, of doom are, are still very much approaching.
2: Okay, Kenny, I need you to get Spiritum to do anything that is going to affect that Moltres. And meanwhile, Kabuto, try and rock throw that flaming, Rock, oh, slow kick, this is really... <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: So eventually, Kabuto is going to be using rock throw.
2: Yeah, To so throw the rocks back at Moltres. That's,
0: yeah. That makes sense. Ooh, I mean, it's, nice. it's a risky move, but I like the attempt.
1: Kenny's going to say to Spiritomb, Spirity, use Phantom Force, and he's going to try to phantasmically push all the rocks towards the Moltres as well. Great,
0: okay. So who would like to roll Kicks and Frostlass first?
1: David can do it, he said the move first.
0: Okay. Okay, David is going to roll, kick some Frostlass. That is plus physical, which for Kabuto, it's good.
2: Yeah, it's a plus three because of um, levelling up. Roll two dice. So it's a one and a four for a five plus a three, so it's an eight. So mixed success. That's great. Okay, for Kabuto.
0: Kabuto is a stage two. Yes. So it's plus two. Obviously, you are two below the Moltres, so back to zero. But then it is a doubly super effective Rock type move, correct? So you're on two plus your D four. Okay, I got a three. Ooh, five damage. Kabuto is going to take six. Also, the Moltres rolled a
1: four, so ten damaged to, to Kabuto.
2: Okay, well, blazer glory, quite literally.
1: <laughs> it's Theo. Like the thing is, as long as Kabuto stays up, we've still got a chance. <laughs> it's obviously going to do five damage to the Moltres. In this
0: attack, David, maybe could you describe Cabbage the Kabuto's suicide run on this flaming rock towards the Moltres?
2: Kabuto is flying through this firestorm, sees one of these meteors just flying through the air, and it sort of looks like it's latching onto it, but actually it is just trying to push it with all of this little creature's might.
1: Ka! So Dragon Ball Z. I so Dragon that.
2: Ball Z. And Kabuto manages, after remembering all of the times that it fails to land an Aqua Jet, to fire an aqua jet that just propels the rock back enough so that it gets caught back up into the storm. Carried by the motion of the windstorm around it, it smashes into the mulch.
1: Just before Kabuto faints, Kabuto just puts up one of its little claws and just fixes one of your braids and then passes out.
0: Ali, please roll kicks and frost glass for Swirly They roll with a plus two <sighs> It's a
3: six total Ooh, Oh god!
0: I'm just going to calculate damage and then Ali, you tell me... Uh...
1: You tell me how Swirly faints <laughs> Listen, you can't see this, she looks giddy Finally, she <laughs> oh, has got has got that's winning
0: <laughs> Six base damage plus huge. a three, so nine damage on Swirly. Goes straight down.
1: Oh, Swirly. Eight armor as well. I was like, maybe, just maybe.
0: So it doesn't even land a blow, Ali. What does this look like?
1: Desperate to do its best. Kenny wanted to use Phantom Force to throw the rocks at Moltres, but Spiritomb just did exactly what Phantom Force does in the games. So it disappeared for a minute. Kenny freaked out and then reappeared on top of a burning hot Moltres. Ah, <laughs> this is so hot, passed out. Okay, maybe I tried to go too
0: tactical. Gratuitous Candle, the Moltres, has taken a solid blow from that rock
3: throw. You fools. You think you can handle the power of the King's Rock and yet this is the greatest you can throw at me. This is a pathetic attempt. What, what makes you think you can handle the power of an ancient relic
2: like that?
1: this does go joltik (laughs) i've got very little else
2: do you want to borrow one of mine kenny do you (laughs) you want to do you want to borrow any of these
1: i've got a save bow tie just in case
0: so fleek the joltik's going out for kenny theo
2: well i just remembered that fire resists fairy which is another complication for this situation so i guess everything i have is also weak to either fire or flying so we we're in a we're in a pickle here lads
1: theo I'm going to cover up Fleek's little ears. Look, I think we both know the Fleek's not going to last that long. But what I'm thinking is, if you can sneak Fleek up, Fleek could at least maybe try to do some electric damage before it goes down. But I'm, he's not going to get up there on his own.
2: You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. And I don't think a straight out offence is going to be the solution here. There's only one option to be able to help you. And I hate to say the spider might be the only option we've got. So Theo is going to send out Togekiss.
0: Togekiss.
2: Oh, so soothing even in this land of fire and doom. (laughs) I think we're going to do like a sort of combined... Basically,
1: Fleek is going to jump on Togekiss's back to try to sneak onto the Moltres without the Moltres seeing it so that it doesn't try to attack it.
0: Well, let's hope Togekiss hits with a plus speed roll for create an advantage as Joltik leaps onto Togekiss's back.
1: Togekiss
0: and ascends into the air into the fiery tornado dodging rocky fiery blasts. as Togekiss zips towards the Moltres' back and neck where Joltik hopes to gain purchase.
2: David, please roll. Well, Tokis' speed is plus two, and I just rolled a six and a three, so it's an eleven, baby! Oh.
0: Very nice. Take two of the create and advantage questions. Take plus one forward or give plus one forward to another trainer or Pokemon. Heal one harm, inflict one extra harm next time you harm an enemy, force your foe where you want them,
2: suffer less harm next time you take harm. So I'm going to go for the first one, so Give give Joltec one forward and put the enemy where we want them, but what does that translate into score-wise? It is quite abstract, but if you can think
0: of a way that you could gain an advantage over the Moltres in a physical geographical sense, you can do that somehow. Sure, sure.
1: What Fleet would be using would be Electroweb, so if we could almost push the Moltres back towards maybe the tree, and then we could, like, web it to the tree. Yeah,
0: okay. Well, we'll see how Joltik's roll goes, but I like that idea. Ali, you're getting a plus one to this roll, and we're going to hopefully web Moltres with the Electro Web. So Joltik is only plus one for everything, as probably everyone's expecting. With David's kind plus one. Oh,
1: please. Oh, it's a five and a three plus a two.
2: Yes, 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 yes!
1: Come on, Fleet!
0: Okay. Well, in that case, you don't take any damage in return. So not only are you trapping this Moltres in the electro Whip against the very flesh, the inside of the tree... What do you... I've been dodging around this for two episodes now. What do you call the insides of a tree? Just... wood. I don't...
1: You mean, like, when it's hollowed out? Yeah,
0: but, like, okay, imagine you're inside a tree right now. What are you touching, Ali?
1: Well, like, bark flesh... <laughs> That's my point. What is bark flesh? (laughs) I found it for you if you want. It's the inner bark or phloem. Ah. I think I'm going to stick with bark flesh. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you wouldn't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we're going to tie that Moltres to the very phloem of the tree. So Joltik is stage one, plus one, using a super effective move. So that is another plus one. So that's two. However, we are going to have to subtract two because the Moltres is two stages higher. So... It's a flat D4. Come on. Here are three. Okay. Three damage. And it's pinned it to the wall. Every little helps. Amazing. So the Moltres feels this electric web tighten around its very flaming wings. And these webs fly from this tiny Joltik's jaws and expand greatly over the entire Moltres itself, forcing it against the back of the tree. The electric discharge starts to flow through these webby tendrils and you can see the Moltres start flashing with thunderous flamey energy, the fire of its very body exploding as the charge runs through it. The damage has definitely been done and Gratuitous glares at you both speaking to Kenny and Theo but glaring intensely at the Togekiss and the Joltik now hovering
3: in front of him. Why? Why do you seek it? Why do you chase this power?
1: Because we think it holds some
3: answers. Answers to what? Years have I watched this region descend into chaos and conflict. What you seek is not a solution, it is the cause. It is a fool's errand.
1: No, no, no. no. This thing disappeared. Maybe if we get it back it could help.
3: You know well it disappeared, Kenneth Mullet.
1: I don't know what I did. I never know anything I did. You
3: claim innocence, you claim folly, but you know full well the chaos that has ensued after
2: your coming to the region, boy. I'll take this one, Ken. Hey, big flaming bird shaman person. I really should be more used to this at this stage in the game, but okay.
1: Great one, Theo. Really good.
2: Pompous scholar, what have you to say? You may be wondering why we want this King's Rock and you may think that all humanity is good for is for chaos and misrule and despair. But that's the reason that we are here. We chose suffering rather than sacrifice. You think that all people make bad, malicious decisions. We actively fought against that. You can't keep telling us we don't deserve this book when it is everything we have ever done. I have lived my entire life in pursuit of this rock because I believe it holds answers to the chaos and turmoil of human life. We're both united by the same thing. We think we need to change and we wanna change. So why won't you give us this mucking book?
3: What you think is not what you need.
0: And he uses a massive flamethrower, targeted at both Togekiss and Joltik.
1: Oh, Joltik, get out of the way! Try to try to slow it down! Keep it in place with a thunder wave! Theo, Togekiss is going to do a lot more damage than Fleek is.
2: Okay, Togekiss, dodge around the fire and go for an air slash. Fleek, create an advantage first.
1: I love this teamwork double battle. It's quite good, this. I'm enjoying this a lot. Mm. Uh, I haven't rolled yet, though, so here we go. So, plus one to speed for Fleek, so... uh It's a four and a five plus a one. That's a ten of oh, Fleek! Come on! Uh, the absolute saltiness of David when Fleek evolves after only just gaining Fleek and Kabuto's there unconscious like, I'll never be Kabuto. <laughs> 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 okay,
0: Ali, what are you going to give? Obviously, I see the Thunder Wave as Fleek has maybe kept a tendril of the Electroweb still within its little toothy jaws, and it's just going to send some extra charge through there to throw the Flamethrower off as it comes towards you. But what two bonuses?
1: Plus one forward mm-hmm. to Togekiss, and just the extra arm. Let's just get spurred down.
0: Next time Fleek deals any damage, it will be a plus one to that as well. So, Togekiss, you are rolling a huge air slash here. The stakes are high. What is Togekiss' special? Uh, Togekiss' special is three.
1: So is it plus four to this?
0: Oh, because it's a plus three with the plus one. Oh my God, I didn't think that was possible.
1: It's impossible! <laughs> That's what Moltres says. No,
3: it's a imp- plus four. <laughs> <laughs> Who designed this game? <laughs> <laughs> it's so broken. This feels very weighted towards the players.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Togekiss got a five out of two, plus a four. So, eleven.
1: Love it.
0: -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. so Togekiss is a stage three. Uh, It's not a super effective move. So it's two plus whatever you roll.
2: So I rolled a two. So four.
0: Four. Theo, you see the winds that have been whipped by the Moltres start to slow as the Electroweb has taken hold and those beating flaming wings are no longer able to create the tempest quite like they were. The rocks start to fall at the base of the tree. (laughs) But Togekiss sees an airstream, a little upward heat jet of hot air that still remains from this cyclone of fire. And Togekiss looks back to Fleek the Joltic. Togekiss! And the tension in that sustained note at the very end. Fleek knows it's trust me, now. And Fleek clings on with the claws as Togekiss goes into a dive. <laughs> Togekiss flies into the airstream and shoots upwards, dancing around the flame, wrapped around the Togekiss's body as it emerges at the top of the jet stream. Togekiss has never travelled at such speed. You can see sparkles coming from the edge of the wings as the fairy dust flies and mixes with the fire until Togekiss dives towards the Moltres, immobilised, unable to respond, and just pulls up at the final second. <laughs> Togekiss dodged, but the air flying behind the togekiss didn't and it hits the Moltres full-on you see the chest cavity of the Moltres dent inwards as the Moltres starts to smoke and singe and shrink beneath the web of the electro web until it no longer holds it the wings start to crease in mass into the arms of a frail human this white light Like the heat of a dying star explodes outwards across the tree, you shield your eyes and when you look back, there is no Moltres. The fire is cooler now. Before you is simply the figure of a man, down on his haunches, breathing. (sighs) Gratuitous candle's form has begun to cave in on itself. He glows bright blue before cooling into a dull white, gasping his hair his tussled blonde hair hanging loose around his head and then you start to see that that hair is falling out and as you study closer you see that this human frame is shrinking and frail, his skin curdled and wrinkling around his frame as he looks he looks ancient. Well, suddenly the years are catching up with him, his hands, long nails gripping the phloem of the Everburn tree beneath him, these bony fingers now just clutching at an existence that threatens to demanifest at any second. He raises his head to look at the pair of you. His lips are dried and cracked.
1: I'm dying. Gratuitous? Kenny. I'm sure I'm the last person that you wanted to see before you went, but I just... I need you to know I never meant for anything to happen.
0: Why? Why did Sloking leave? What was the purpose of all of this? You must know. You... You you connected with Sloking. You must have answers, please. I have spent thousands of years... Locked in this tree, guarding this tome, because I know what this rock can do. I saw what it can do. And Kenny, it is beyond your wildest nightmares. So please tell me, why did Sloking leave? Give me some peace
1: before I pass. Sloking said to me, they were sorry, but it had to be me.
0: I can't stop you taking that tome now. Clearly, I have mere moments left in this realm, but I can warn you against it. You are powerful, clearly, but you and your companions, your friends, are only human. I was powerful, so was the one who used the King's Rock, those centuries ago, but they were only human and they could not control it.
1: Who, who used the King's Rock? Yes, I was just about to jump in there just for a second. Just, I think, look, like we could learn quite a Samantha, from this. could you just let him finish the point? Let him finish the point. Sorry, right, I'll back away. I'll back away. I'll guard the portal.
2: You wish to
0: know who used the king's rug.
2: more than anything in the world.
0: Then, I suppose my destiny is to spend my final moments illuminating you. And the fire around you that had died down starts to flicker up taking forms and shapes the heat mirage rises around your very senses and you begin to lose sight of each other you're just succumbing now to the vision of the dancing flames we find ourselves in ancient formia yeah oh, here we go again We're
2: <laughs> back at a tournament for go. a princess's hand <laughs> <laughs>
1: who's that pokemon <laughs> tom don't touch the button but Ali, it's It's my favourite button. David can touch the button.
2: I'm just going to press the button now so you can see that there's nothing exciting about pressing the button. See? Nothing. Nothing there. So you don't need to worry about it. You just don't touch it.
1: But mine says, do not touch. Midsection will activate and destroy us all if I press it and... I ate my button. Yours was a chocolate button. That makes sense. (laughs) Insert button pressing sound effect now. I'm sorry! No!
0: Midsection
3: triggered. Midsection triggered.
1: Sound? the Pokemon Champion Discord Horn. (laughs) That's right, Carrie Morrison has sent in a character suggestion and therefore jumped to the head of the queue. And I know what you're thinking Carrie, I sent this midsection in 17 months ago and I'll still tell you, you've jumped the queue. So Carrie writes, Darlie is an 18 year old lesbian who got kicked out of her home. She then moved in with her girlfriend Rosie for two years, but they drifted apart. And now Dali is breaking out and trying to cause chaos. To do this, she plans to join an evil team. Any one of them will do. She isn't picky. Her partner Pokemon is an Absol. Dali got Absol when she was 10, when her parents wanted her to go on a Pokemon journey which she never started. Getting an Absol egg was extremely expensive. Her parents were well minted. So Dali couldn't exactly refuse the gift. They have been by their side ever since. Carrie finally writes, stay cool, stay in school, and catch your dreams. Thank you, Carrie. Great character. Love Darley. So how do we feel? Darley, chaotic, wants to join an evil team, has an Absol. So
0: her parents clearly wanted to give her a Zerua, right?
1: Well, the parents had to spend quite a lot of money on the Absol egg.
0: Why are they minted? Were they rival flute blowers of the Falutins?
1: Well that's what I was thinking. Is there some connection with the nobility of Formia that we currently have? Established Is Dali related to the Flutons? Is she a cousin of Bash and Heron, perhaps?
0: Love that. There's a lineage.
1: A lineage there that Bash and Heron are very much upholding, but Dali, who they expected would do the same, go on a Pokemon journey, become the Pokemon champion, you know, challenge the League, sell Flutes... You know, the classic nobility things to do. She wants to be in an evil team. We're in a prison run by Helsing. Let's just drop her straight into the
2: narrative. Maybe this is the thing with Dali, is that she thought she was being really rebellious by joining Team Helsing, and then somehow all of the Falutans have somehow become adjacent to Helsing. And she's like, (laughs) oh God, oh, my whole family's here. Because Heron and Bash are now sort of in league with everything that's going on there. So like now is, oh, I wonder if any of my family are in Mystic. What do I do? Can I...
1: Yes, I love that. Darley wanted to join an evil team and actually joined an evil team and suddenly the evil team Helsing joined the Pokemon League and became the mainstream exactly what what she didn't want to be a part of. So now she's looking for a good team to join. <laughs> because just, she's gonna you know, join us. Parents, she got a text from her mum and dad saying, Just heard you're quite high up in Helsing. Super proud of you. Really great work <laughs> and she's sickened to the core.
0: Maybe she's hooked up with the with the what would Kenny do's. They're not really a faction yet.
1: But they were near the prison though, Stu. she could have broken out of, of sort of Helsing or just I don't know left she's not in prison she could just leave um, and then stumbled across yeah, these people. maybe
0: she's just with she's just with the what would Kenny dos for now blab farb Rodri, Tallulah. Luanne. That's all we know of at the moment, right? They're not a faction at the moment, they're just a group. Yep. A group of people with synergistic ideals.
1: And Dali's thinking maybe she can turn it into more.
0: Dali's got the organisational nous, knows how to run an evil team. She got high up in Helsing. She's got that admin side down pat.
1: It actually doubly works because poker powers are considered evil right now. So true. she would want to join poker powers right now. There we go. We had an evil character made them an
2: ally we also had an evil character who was literally inches away from our characters and then moved as if be with the characters that we've just <laughs> left <laughs> that is so true the exact same day that we all finally arrived in that church annex was the exact same day that darlie <laughs> just went i'm done with this and stumbled upon the what McKenny kenny
1: as we climbed up the toilet chute on the right she went down the toilet chute on the left and just passed just <laughs> like ship in the night just
2: Like what in the night? <laughs> Yay!
1: If you would like your character to have a fun Friday night with the Critical Ditto gang email us at criticalditto at gmail and if you want to be a Pokemon champion like Carrie And have your character skip the whole queue Go to our Patreon Patreon.com forward slash critical ditto And join at the champion tier And have your character literally waltz Right into the podcast in about 20 episodes time Tom I don't have a button for you anymore But I've got a lever You want to pull the lever? Nah I'm not interested in levers That was so I mean, 2017 I, I want to pull the lever
0: Well you're not meant to Ali Don't pull the lever Ali
1: Too late! Ah. David's dead! Why do we even have that lever?! Who's that that
3: Pokémon?!
0: It's Moltres! We find ourselves in ancient Formia at the top of a craggy cliff. A distant Archaeop screeches as it circles the dark black plume of a nearby volcano. Thick ash dances in the air like a fermentis weaving petals. An enormous forearm smashes into view. As Gratuitous Candle heaves himself over a rocky cliff face with a tremendous grunt. Gratuitous Candle. Olympian godlike physique. Long flowing blonde hair and tremendous sideburns looks battered covered in open wounds, a blackened eye and dragging a serious ankle injury. Behind him are his Pokemon companions, Pepper the Sardonic Pyroar and Terence the lascivious Pignite looking similarly beaten. Lifting bowed heads, they see before them the Sephiroth Tree, clinging precariously to the very apex of this, the highest mountain of the Hitmon Lair range, in the fledgling Formian region. Legend tells Gratuitous Candle that the Sephiroth Tree predates the region itself and disappears and reappears periodically according to the whims of unseen forces. But none of that matters now, because Gratuitous has walked the path of suffering. He and his Pokémon have suffered unimaginable struggle and combat to reach this point, the point where the King's Rock is said to be located deep within the bowels of the Sephiroth Tree. Time to reclaim it and finally set right the meddling of that ridiculous purple-haired boy from the shamanic council meeting one year prior, Kenny
1: Mullet. Kenny, whilst watching this and reading the cue at the bottom, just goes, Hey! <laughs> hey, that's me!
0: <laughs> gratuitous candle, Pepper and Terence work their way through the enormous roots of the tree embedded into the rock beneath them and prepare themselves for what they find inside. We're signing roles let's go with tom you played terence the pig knight in the flashback last time didn't you
1: sorry let me get to the printing press and pull out the stats
0: david pepper the pyro sardonic yes yeah it was basically theo but just (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. ali do you want to do you want to take gratuitous candle Oh yeah, sure. Olympian god, gratuitous scandal. So the setting is you're making your way through the roots and the uh, the phloem of the Sephiroth tree, approaching the King's Rocks. You're at the end of this incredible journey, this odyssey. Maybe you're, maybe you're discussing some of the trials you've faced on the way.
1: I I I, I tell you both those uh, that. That multi-headed Arbok that we had to defeat along the way, that <laughs> yes, was... Yes, just kept Just kept chopping those heads off, but it just kept spawning more. We've had so many trials and tribulations. I mean, I've learnt on this trip, if anything, if we're going around to say what we've learnt, I've learnt, never challenge a corfish to a goldfish eating competition. That's where I suffered. Certainly, you know, in the weight department. <laughs> Pepper, what was... Uh, sorry, yeah. Pepper, what was what C- was yours? Can you
2: not remember my name after a year of following this path? Honestly, the true suffering has been listening to you try to remember each other's names. That was difficult. <laughs> I cannot believe you are saying this to us, gluttonous. Oh, wait. Glut- wait, what's the... Oh, I see what you did. In the- that's, 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 that's witty. <laughs> Very
1: sardonic of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You really do nail the sardony. That's the word. We all know that Pepper was raised by Sardony the Skarmory, so, you know, we, what will we expect? <laughs> Classic Pepper.
2: Pepper, you were just about to say, Your most difficult challenge. Yes, well, having to murder Sardony with my own paws was quite a difficult moment <laughs> oh, for all God. of us. But... What
1: was the context of that, Pepper, or did you just do it for fun? <laughs> What was odd to me was it felt very much like a side quest. Like, Sardony was just guarding one of those chests that we were like, we don't really need it, we're on the way to the King's Rock. But you were like, no, I have to murder Sardony to get there. Which, you know, we're cool.
2: Why don't we just head back towards that tree where our final goal is and we could all forget about the genocide we've wrought across this kingdom, shall we?
1: And at that
0: moment, Pepper the Pyro and Terence the pig Knight, you feel a pulse from the centre of the tree. And it's like a small charge... Is pushing part of your soul from you, and you shake it off. Gratuitous has carried on a couple of steps forward. Come on, what are you doing, Pepper the Pyro and Terence the Pig knight, You find that you're beginning to forget how to speak. There's a weird urge to only say your own name.
1: I I don't want to mention Sardony again, but it was quite a vicious Pig Knight. No, I did not mean that. Sorry, it was it was quite a Pig night event. No, sorry, I don't mean that.
2: Having fun there, saying your own name, Pie Raw. Oh.
1: Well, it looks like your pig knight, pig knight. Wait, no, I'm not even Replacing roar. word, night. Gratuitous, Terence. Gratuitous. I'm, I'm, not kidding, pig This
3: Pepper, huh?
1: Pi Pie, Pie Raw. Pepper, Pepper. What is Ta- Terence?
0: <laughs> Gratuitous. The panic hits you. Something terrible is occurring right now. You break into a run as you dash through the roots now, leaving Pepper and Terence behind. You need to get to the center of the tree. You stumble in through a pair of roots and crash through a door in the ceiling. You're in a chamber deep within the Sephiroth tree, a narrow stone bridge laying out a path to the center of the room where a dais sits among three pillars, pillars shaped like Slowpoke, mouths agape staring lifelessly at the sky. Water trickles down their mouths, pooling beneath them, and beneath the bridge is a body of water that flows fountain-like continuously outwards before spilling over a lip and cascading down around the edge of the room, a circular waterfall disappearing into unseen darkness. Upward light comes from beneath the water, shimmering, broken only by the ripples of the fast-moving liquid. On the central dais, surrounded by the slowpoke statues, is another person. Gratuitous, you recognise them. It's the leader of the normal tribe. Gratuitous has seen them at shamanic meetings before, but has never paid them any heed. They were always just bringing spreads or talking about their dreams. Sloking, do you even know their name? A bland, lifeless figure, dull features, an untidy, self-inflicted haircut, and a droopy nose give way to an endlessly large forehead, a forehead now adorned by the king's rock. Gratuitous freezes, eyes wild, light from the pool below, dancing off panicked irises. The normal shaman looks back at you, gratuitous. A curdled mix of apologetic fear and nausea in their eyes, lips trembling. What do I do?
1: What do I? What do I do? How, how, how did you get here? Yeah.
0: You, you're wearing it. I sacrificed. I sacrificed so much. I sacrificed. I don't think I can die anymore. Please save me. Save me, Norman. You remember me? I thought nobody knew my name. <laughs> no. Norman, Norman, please. How do you feel? It tore me up inside that you guys had powers and you were important, and and you had Pokemon and friends, and I was just—I had nothing. I'm a normal poker-powered. What does a normal poker-powered have? They have nothing, and it tore me apart. You're not afraid of ghosts. It's going wrong!
1: It's going wrong, Cruciotus, please! How, how is it going wrong? I, I, no, 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 Norman! I think, no! Give it to me! I think I've made a mistake! Give me the rock, Norman! Give me the rock!
0: It is too late. Norman, the normal shaman's eyes roll back into his skull as a blast of power threatens to rip Gratuitous in two. He feels like a part of himself is trying to tear itself from his body, clinging on with every fiber of his being, fighting this wave of power before roaring a primal scream and tackling Norman the Normal Shaman to the ground, the King's Rock toppling like a crown of a conquered regent. The blast ceases. It had been only seconds, but Gratuitous, had the foreboding sense that something had irrevocably changed. The only sound still echoing in the chamber is the noise of the water beneath the pair of them, calmer now but still flowing ever outwards. Gratuitous hauls himself, and the now unconscious Norman, awkwardly up against one of the slowpoke pillars, the water from the mouth trickling slowly down over both of them. It, it, it wasn't meant to be like this. What have you done? It wasn't meant to be like this and the scene starts to fade. Theo Kenny, Mrs. S, you find yourself returning to the fiery landscape of the inside of the Everburn tree.
1: Well, the comedy at the beginning, I felt, was a bit misplaced.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Got really dark really quickly. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lion killed its surrogate mother. So, I mean, I can't know if we could say it was fully comic. I mean, it seemed pretty, pretty generally bleak. So now you know the truth.
1: Yeah, we know the truth. Why don't you tell us the truth again and we'll tell you if you're right. Yes Yeah, I know the truth but you need to explain
2: it to Theo I understand, Theo is slow I'm going to say it at the same time And I think that we'll probably get it right But actually you just say it first and then I'll just repeat it Because I think that's probably I have
0: mere moments left, moments, seconds possibly
2: Before I fade into dust And this is how you
0: want to spend the time okay? Norman, the normal type shaman Used the King's Rock before I got there Norman seemed to wish For an end To the era of collaboration between people and Pokemon. People and Pokemon in the time of Slow King's reign were almost inseparable. They were one and the same. Creatures who conversed, spoke, shared each other's powers. We were just all living beings on a planet. But after the moment, after the use of the King's Rock, all that changed. Pokemon forgot how to speak, became more animal-like. Humans lost their ability to wield Pokemon powers those that still can have wield a fraction of the power of the ancient shamans. I mean, check this guy out. I, I carried on for thousands of years and turned into a Moltres. What does that say?
1: <laughs> Did you refer to yourself in the third persons?
0: Always. Okay. A gratuitous Candle always does that, yes. It's very gratuitous. <laughs> Norman, the normal type shaman, created a schism in Formia and the world of people and Pokemon. A schism from which we've never recovered. The shamanic tribes disintegrated. The world descended into chaos, bloodshed, and war. Divisions between people, Pokemon, and factions grew. Those that retained their poker powers were cast out as abominations. And the world has only grown darker since. But now you understand why, even if I can't stop you, you shouldn't take this tome. You see what could be done. It happened once before. This is why I swore fealty to this tree. To this tome, to guard it. Norman, the normal shaman, made a similar vow. Said he was going to start a religion. A religion that would lock up knowledge. And keep something like this from ever happening again.
2: That sounds weirdly familiar, yeah. that religion. I, but, but but wait, there's only one religion in this entire country, yes.
0: It's us. Gratuitous Candle starts to look at his hand, and it's it's proper Thanosing now. It's, he's about to go, and he actually looks quite happy.
1: Gratuitous, whatever we do. I promise you, it'll be the next right thing. I just ask that
0: you
2: honor Sloking. Find out what Sloking wanted. Gratuitous, is what? So does the King's Rock only create this separation or bring people together, or can you wish anything on the King's Rock? The King's Rock
0: is a conduit through which human folly is channeled. Even I know little of its true power. All I know is what I've seen.
1: Before you go, can I quickly ask you, in your time, was there ever anyone who could do more than one kind of polka Power? Who could do multiple polka Powers? Anything at all?
0: No. I wish you all well.
1: Wait, one second. Just, <coughs> sorry, Mrs. S here. Just wanted to ask another quick thing just before you go. Everyone else got a chance to so. I feel like, you know, I should have have one, one thing to say. Um,
0: all right, I'm literally just said, ahead now. Said, the, neck, the neck is going, you so... Said,
1: you said... You said that. <laughs> Probably can't
0: take a selfie anymore. Could you, maybe so you go and
1: go from the head down, so we've got just the mouth at least for a oh, little bit. Longer. Oh, and I've lost the jaw. No, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, no. you said Norman. You said he said uh, Norman said he couldn't die. He said he couldn't die. Is Norman still alive?
0: Oh, my jaw's back. Yes, yes, I believe Norman is still is still alive.
1: What's their address?
0: Goodbye, goodbye. Follow Slow King's wishes. Stay true.
1: He's going into the, the bark flesh. The phloem has me now. I, th- I think we all have an idea
2: about who this Norman might be. I think you're right. I think the conclave might have the answers there.
1: Oh, I thought it was Brandy. I mean, she's not here, right? <laughs> she's 463. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she looked older than her. She I was. Think Brandy, I've, I've not met Brandy, but I have a feeling she's not a, a thousand year old. I I could be wrong.
2: Have you heard her speak? <laughs>
1: I don't think i am ever met her. <laughs> Is
0: the tome there? Where is the tome, Kenny? You tell me.
1: I seem to remember the the King's Rock was sort of placed like in a pedestal on the Everburn tree. Yes. I feel like it was, oh, yeah, it was nice. placed there and then Kenny put it on and it disappeared. I feel like gratuitous Thanos' is into non-existence but before he goes, all that sort of dust just congregates in front of an area that was just, it was just tree beforehand. It was just bark flesh. And then as it wafts through the tree into non-existence, there's just a carving carved into the tree and sitting upright is the third time. the third time, Excellent.
0: Kenny, you see that? Theo? Yeah? Go on.
2: Thank you. And uh, Theo walks towards where the where the tome has stood. What do you do? Do you pick it up? Theo pauses for a while, um, and is waiting for something to go wrong.
0: I can I can make you roll if you want, David. Oh, <laughs> I don't.
2: But I, but Theo is used to everything going wrong at the last minute, and so Theo just waits, just waits for Samantha to pull out a gun. Like just waits for something to go wrong, but just finally puts their hands around the book. And it feels gently warm And suddenly Theo is confronted with the idea of What do you do When everything you've wanted Happens And a panic just sets in
1: Kenny Slowly walks over to Theo Places his hand on Theo's Shoulder Hey, You know what Theo Why don't we do this together Takes Theo's hand And opens up the tome
0: And as you look at the tome open kenny it's it's gibberish to you absolute gibberish but you squeeze theo's hand reassuringly and for you the runic shapes and forms of the letters start to dance and form into something more legible to you theo and you see the title the tome of solitude
1: This is brilliant. This is. You two did amazing work. I, I couldn't have done this without you. If you would hand me the tome, uh, myself and Mr. N will work on uh, translating and get, getting the King's Rock into into the hands of of the church. I'm we can use
2: sorry, it. Samantha. I have a lot of respect for you and the path that you chose, but but you heard Gratius's candle. That the church has been trying to obfuscate our plan to get the tome the entire time. The church isn't interested in this information. The church is trying to keep us from it. I I can't give this back to the church. They're just going to hide it again. This is for me and Kenny to do, and Brandy, who someday you'll meet and realise, wow, she does sound like a thousand-year-old man. <laughs> but until that point, it is for the three of us and an occasional cast of recurring friends to maybe solve this problem alone.
1: Theo, you're right. What we just witnessed is that the church was entirely set up to prevent the use of the King's Rock, which we knew from the beginning, but now we know a bit more about why, and I'm with you. I believe and Mr. N believes that the King's Rock is the only thing that can help our world from descending into chaos. So I I don't pledge my allegiance to the church anymore. I pledge my allegiance to knowledge and I pledge my allegiance to saving the world and it's with the two of you and perhaps this unknown third member who I'm assuming is sort of hero, heroic type figure as well. Theo, by me even being here I have broken every single rule the church has. Mr. N and I will never be able to go back to the church. We are anomalies. And I think it's only fitting that we anomalize with you. That's a word that I've made up, and I'm guessing from the context that you know what I mean by that.
0: I think it was like an animated film from 2017 as well.
1: <laughs> Gratuitous Candle, you <laughs> died, I was aware. I, I know, but I questions. do love cinema. I do love cinema. <laughs> oh, He's a cinephile, um, I see. Samantha, that's Really nice of you and really helpful, but how do we get out of here?
0: And Kenny, as you say that, maybe just some portals open underneath you. You just disappear down.
1: I quite like the idea of how do we get out of here? Yeah, yeah. Well, that happens to Kenny. Kenny falls straight through. We just sink slowly. Like. <laughs> Everyone
0: sinks slowly, descends. And as you all disappear through these chutes in time and space and warp your way back to the reality that you know, through the portal into the chaplaincy, the annex of the core prison where Mr. N and the basketball team and <laughs> Hannah, Tallahassee Bingeworth, you left them mere hours ago, and a bright white light flashes before your eyes as you reappear into the world you once knew.
1: State of the world be that Kenny and Theo are coming back to. Who knows? We'll have to wait for a couple of weeks' time. It's me, Tommy D, back in the editing chair. Really enjoyed battle editing. That was a lot of fun this week. Really fun episode, I thought. Bit of lore as well for the hardcore gratuitous candle fans out there. But it wouldn't be the end of the episode without a few thank yous. So I would first like to thank Michael Sands, the creator of Monster of the Week, which is the sort of precursor game to Pocket Monster of the Week that we have designed. I'd also like to thank The Music This Week by Braxton Burks and the Materia Collective and also I'd like to thank Glitch X City and up to Epidemic Sounds which we use for some extra little bits and pieces here and there. I'd also like to thank the creators of Pokemon, Junichi Masada and Satoshi Tajiri. and remind everyone that we are a fan-made, not-for-profit podcast and have no affiliation with Game Freak or the Pokemon Company. I would also like to thank you for listening. And I'd like to thank some very special listeners. And these are, of course, our patrons. Give it up for Vicky Tazzyman, aka the Tasmanian Devil. Maybe. Uh, Is that your nickname, Vicky? Maybe. I'd like to thank DGZ, Ollie B, Alex W, Crispy, Huxley Spicer, Beth Shivers. Shivers. Well, for a bit of French, I like it. Chivers. Jam. Heather L. Snell. Megan Taylor. Betsy Lewin Lee. Ryan Teague. Darius Jacowski. Poker Dash 55. D. You know what, D.W. Hollins? No, I won't thank you. And you know why. Audrey Ellie Lieberman. Jeremby. Turtle Lover 224. Carrie Morrison. Wolfsbane, Scott M, Doctor Mega Man, PhD, Hi Killy, Keiko Pin Cosplay, Big Fat Nuke, Jonah Jackson, Trigula, aka Aurora, Josh Anderson, Alchemage, Cesar Trevino, Force Major Pod, Crandon Creations, Eric Eichinger, Millamoy, Ginny Voss, and Alistair the Game Master Collinson. Wow, what a list! I tell you that's that has That's increased loads. So thank you so much. If you'd like to become a patron, please join the Patreon at uh, www.patreon.com forward slash critical ditto. Also, if you know what, the Patreon's not for you, you're not in a place to, to join the Patreon, that's absolutely fine. Please do share on social media or just tell a friend or give a review on Apple Podcasts. There are so many ways to support the podcast. It's completely up to you. Finally, I'd like to thank David, Stu and Ali for playing this game. And remind everyone, go catch them all. And by all, I mean your dreams.
0: Seven licky
2: licky, six Six, licky licky, five five, licky licky, four Four, licky licky, three three, licky licky, two, two licky licky, one licky licky.